This is a free download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at the Bank St. Sampson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. Isaiah 43, verse 18. It says, don't remember the former things. Don't consider the things of old. So all that happened next year, over, finished. Just don't consider the things. But verse 19, behold, I do a new thing. In these coming weeks, be new thing minded. Now it shall spring forth, you shall not know it. I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Amen. Shall we just stand right now and just pray right now? And when you're right now in your heart, so just thank God for, for every blessing, for every answered prayer, for every good thing that He did last year. And just say, God, today I'm believing you as I come into this new year that you're the God of new things, the former things have gone. And Lord, we enter into all the new things that you want to do. Father, we just come to you today. And we thank you today that, God, you're the God of new things. Thank you that everything you do is new. Thank you that you don't live in former. You don't live in old things. But Lord, thank you you're a God of new things. And everything you do is new and fresh and alive. And, and Lord, we thank you for every blessing. We thank you for every answered prayer. We thank you for every good thing that we receive from you last year. And Lord, today we enter into this new year knowing that you're the God who does new things, that you make rivers even in deserts today. And we give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. Amen. Praise God. You are listening to a free download from Delancey Elam Church. Wow. Everyone's quiet today. All recovering, I reckon. <laughs> Phew. I try, not to, I try not to send anyone off to sleep. Okay, I try not to do that. I remember once, I, I, I remember the story of the, the guy who was asleep, and, uh, and the, guy, the guy preaches, the preacher said to the person next to him, wake him up, he's gone to sleep. He says, why should I wake him up? You sent him off to sleep. Uh, so, who knows? <laughs> Anyway, good to see you all. Welcome. I'm sure anyone's going to be here this morning, you know. So it's great to see you all this morning. Uh, just bring a few notices. Uh, just say Wednesday we've got our prayer meeting. So get here on Wednesday. It's the first prayer meeting of the year. So come support that at 8 o'clock. Uh, I think it's the 18th in this team. Do you want to share anything about the testimony evening? Is that? Is it the 15th? Put me on the spot. Look, yeah, we're, we're back on the 15th with testimonies. So... Uh, We'll be running those through the through the year, um, so do come because it's a great time, and we always have something interesting to find out about people and and uh, how God's kind of moved in their life. So we'd like to welcome you at six o'clock on the fifteenth. Uh, just to say that uh, the, new, the new newsletter and prayer diary is out, so please take it. You know. Good opportunity to pray for people, so make sure you take that, and you can get a list of all the different things that are going on. So make sure that you don't leave uh, without that. Okay, I think we could let's stand for a few moments. I think it'd be good. I wonder. 
well, best I could ask uh, Andy and Tim, you'll just come forward, guys. Let's stand. Why don't you just pray in the new year? That'd be all right, you guys. We just stand towards the stand. Let's, let's just, we wanna, I'm going to do some as we finish, but before we do that, let's just pray in the new year. That'd be cool. So would you guys just pray for that? Lord, behold a new year and a new challenge. Lord, sometimes, Lord, it seems immense. Sometimes we don't know how. And yet, Lord, at those times, those are the times when you work your power. And Lord, we pray for this coming year that, Lord, you will equip us, you will use us, And Lord, although the the tasks before us may seem absolutely unmanageable in worldly sense, Lord, we know that as we put our footsteps in those footsteps set before us where you've trod before us, then Lord, we will achieve great things. Not for our glory, not in our power, but Lord, in yours. And Lord, we declare at this time, this year is yours. Lord, we want to do your will, we want to do your purpose, and we want it to be in your strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, we're just excited by you, Lord. We're excited by what you've got in store for 2017. And already this morning... Few people have said things that are going to happen in their lives in 2017, and Lord, we just thank you. We just thank you that you're such an awesome God that you're bringing these things to happen. God, we are so excited about 2017. It's a year with lots of challenges, lots of things, but Lord, you're with us. In every step of the way, you're with us, and you've prepared that ground, Lord. And today, as we set out into 2017, this new year, Lord, we are excited. We are so so blessed to be in a relationship with you lord and we want our friends and our families to know you this year lord we want our children lord to continue to follow your path too and those that have fallen away lord let this be the year when they come running back to an embrace with you lord because we love you lord we love you with every bit of our heart and lord this year we aim to serve you lord in every way we make every part of our being available to you in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, take your seats. Got that verse? Philippians chapter 3. Kind of follow on a little bit what Mary shared, actually. It's like a little bit of follow on from that, which was great. Uh, we want to give you something afterwards, because uh, I'll share it afterwards anyway. So, anyway, Philippians chapter 3. I think this is a great verse for the coming year. I just felt God's just put a lot of things, on, a few things on my heart for this particular verse, just for this coming year. Philippians chapter 3, well known verses. It says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected. That kind of verse stag you when you think about it, before I go any further. The Apostle Paul, you think of all the amazing, incredible life he lived. 
And he recognised that even though, you know, the miracles he saw, the, the, you know, the hundreds of churches he planted, the impact he made on the world, and yet he, he actually made that statement, I've not yet made it. Not yet perfect. You know, we want a life of excellence, but how many know perfection is not necessarily something that is a good thing to have in your life? I think, perfe- uh, how do I put it? It's good to have excellence, Everyone knows the difference between excellence and perfection. Perfectionists tend to have a, a big struggle in life. Uh, but we're talking about excellence. And Paul says, I'm not, he realized he hadn't yet made it. He says, but one thing I do, I press on. And I love this. I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. You know, every person in this room this morning, God's got a hold of you in your life for a reason. You're not just... Some accident, but God got a hold of you, and He got a hold of you because He's got a plan and He's got a purpose for your life. That's what He got a hold of you for. And the goal of this coming year is to help fulfill part of that plan and purpose. But here's the verse I want us to really kind of think about this morning. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind, reaching those things. Reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So I'll leave it there. Ever thought of this? That whatever happened last year will never come again. Now, so some of us that might be a, a blessed relief, you know. And, and I don't know what you, what kind of year you've had. Maybe there's been different pressures, different difficulties. I know some of us have gone through some hard and difficult times, but here's the amazing thing. It's over, it's finished, it's done with. And I'm glad today that as we enter a new year, how many are glad this? It's a new year of new opportunities, and we're entering a year of new things ahead. How many are glad that God's got a plan for you for 2017? Who can believe it's 2017? But... God's got a plan for you for 2017. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, The plans he's got for you are to give you what? A hope and a future. I don't know the specific plans God's got for you. God's got for you, but I know this. The plan he's got for you will always give you a hope and give you a future. If you have a plan that's, that is a plan of hopelessness, then I know where that plan didn't come from. Because the plans God's got for you will always be a plan that will stir hope and excitement and, and, and it will be, and it'll be a, a plan of opportunity. And I believe there's amazing opportunities God's got for you for this year. The key to it is this one thing really, and I'm going to draw on this as we go on, but it's learning to position ourselves for all that God's got for us. Because God could have an amazing plan and have an amazing things for you, but you could miss it unless you position yourself for what he's going to do. If you're out of position, then you're going to miss the plan and the purpose of God. So the goal really is not that God hasn't got a plan for you. It's not that God hasn't got a great thing for, the you to come in for this coming year. The issue is, is whether you're willing to position yourself to receive the plan and the purpose of all that God's got for you. You see, amen? Now, what sort of things position us? A life of prayer 
positioned you to fulfill God's purpose and plan for 2017. I think a life of praise puts you in a position for God to fulfill his purpose and plan for this coming year. And there's one more thing I want us to focus on a bit. I think it's this what I call the sowing of seeds. If you want a great year, then it's good to sow great seeds. Because I found this, the sowing of today's seeds is the answer to tomorrow's need in your life. You know, you think about it, a farmer doesn't just wish a crop will grow. Wishing won't do it. The only thing that will achieve it is the willingness for him to sow seed. Is that true? And I believe that so much in the Bible is actually focused on sowing seed. Galatians 6 says, What a man sows, he shall reap. So, the year that we're going to have is actually dependent on the kind of seed that I'm going to sow. If I don't like what I'm reaping, then maybe I need to change what I'm sowing. Because a great year is the result of sowing great seed. A blessed year is a result of sowing blessing. I think all kinds of seeds. See, it's becoming, it's living a life that actually is seed conscious. Your thoughts, your words, your actions are seeds. And if we want to see desirable results, we've got to sow desirable seeds. Sowing seeds of commitment, seeds of generosity and giving, seeds of declaring the word, seeds of prayer, doing good deeds. Every one of us in some way has got some kind of seed in our hand. The only way we get a crop back is when we what? When we sow it. Is when we sow that seed. You know, this is a staggering thought. You know when they opened up some of the pharaohs, what do you call them? Pyramids, that's it, that's it. When they opened the pyramids, they found seed. They were thousands of years old. Seed. And there's the staggering thing. When they took that seed and they planted it, it grew. Wow. I think all of us have seed. And that seed for some of us is going to mean different things. The issue is that as we sow the seed, we position ourselves for what God is going to do. I think there's a law. There's unchangeable laws. And in fact, it goes right back to Genesis. Do you know the fact that night and day is a law that God sowed right there at the beginning? Isn't that amazing? That's why it's an unbreakable law, night and darkness. It's a law that God sowed at the beginning. And there's another law. God spoke in Genesis about the law of seed and harvest. An unchangeable law that what a man sows, he shall reap. And so Paul said, listen, sow into the Spirit. Because if you sow into the Spirit, you'll reap of the Spirit. If you sow into the flesh, you'll reap of the flesh. The actual fact is that you will reap, but the issue is, is what you'll reap. How many want a, a spiritual harvest this year? Then sow spiritual things. Now, go on to verse 1. Go on to talk about the three things that Paul said that we're to do. If we want to see amazing things this year, three things he tells us to do. Verse 13, here's the first thing he tells us to do. 
It says, forgetting those things that lie behind. I tell you, that's a great bit of wisdom for this coming year. Forgetting the things that lie behind. I think that means you to get out, out of your mind and don't allow the things of the past, of this past year, to actually cause you to have an emotional focus. In other words, we don't look at things from the last year. You don't fill your mind with all the things of the last year. You have to make an intentional decision that last year is over and I'm going to lose out of my mind all the things of last year. I'm not going to be thinking of the things I could have done, the things I, couldn't have, I didn't do or should have done. I won't be thinking of those things I've failed at. I'll be thinking of the things that God has set before me for this coming year. You ever thought about the Apostle Paul? First part of that chapter, he talks about all the things that he's achieved, things he's achieved in his life. But you know what? Paul had a lot of things that he needed to forget. You think about it. The Bible says that he actually locked Christians up in prison. You think what that meant. For some of them, it meant death. For some of them, it meant that he would, homes were broken up. Families were broken up because of the things that Paul did. He consented to Stephen's death. He was part of the murder of Stephen. And he could have lived his life full of regret. He could have just kept thinking of the past and the failures and the mistakes. But he says, there's one thing I do. I'm not going to allow my life to be controlled and ruled by the things that took place in the past. As far as I'm concerned, I push that behind me. And I look to what comes ahead. Can you say amen? That's beautiful. I think what it means is this. Is that you're not going to live your life full of regret. I know a lot of people that live their life and they're just so full of, full of regret. The things they could have done. The things they wish they'd never said. The decisions they made, they wish they'd never made. And here's the phrase often is used. We use it ever a phrase where we use yourself, if only. How many of us say that, if only? If only I'd never said that. If only I'd never made that decision. If only I'd not responded in that sort of way. If only, if only, if only. And Paul says, you've got to push it aside. You can't live your life under the power of regret. I looked up the word uh, regret, what it, meant, what it meant in Webster's Dictionary. It means this. It means pain of mind on something done in the past with a wish it had been different. A looking back with dissatisfaction, grief and sorrow. Some people live that as an incredible sense of sorrow and grief about what has taken place. Something of past regrets. And what regret does, it keeps you pinned in the past. And often as we live in regret, the problem with regret is this. It sabotages your future. It's very hard to live in the future as long as your life is being sabotaged by the things of your past. 
And what the devil wants you to do is to keep looking backwards. Ever tried to drive your car looking in the rear mirror? It's not a good way to drive, I think. <laughs> you know, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna have massive issues if you, if you drive your car looking in the mirror, as I always do now. But, you know, you're going to have massive issues. Because that means you, at some point you're going to crash. I think if you live your life with regret and you're constantly looking backwards, you're going to cause your future to crash. So Paul says, put what's behind and look forward. In other words, fix the things that you can fix and the things that you can't fix, leave them with God and learn to move on. Regret doesn't come from God. This is what the Bible says. Proverbs 10.22 The blessing of the Lord, listen to what it says, has no sorrow added to it. The blessing of the Lord has no sorrow to it. Jesus paid the full price so you don't have to live in regret. And so we bring those things to the cross, we leave them there, and believe in your heart, they're behind you, and now you're moving forward to the glorious purpose and future that God has for your life. I think it's moving forward in life without a consciousness of your past. So a lot of people live their life and they're conscious of their past. They're aware of it. They live in the conscious awareness of the past. And what Paul says, I refuse to live in the conscious awareness of my past. As far as I'm concerned, it no longer exists. You know what? God doesn't live in your past. I'll tell you why that is. Because the Bible calls him the I am God. That means he's the God of the present. Behold, as we heard earlier, I do what a new thing. The former things are gone, a new thing. And that's the point. It's very hard to experience the new thing as long as I'm living in the former thing. I've got to push the former thing out to encounter and experience the new thing that God has for you. And mistakes and failures and disappointments, you know what they're like? It's like wearing old clothes. It really is. Because you're wearing old clothes. You know, the children of Israel had behind them Pharaoh's army, the sea in front of them. You know what God's word was to them? He says, don't weep, but move forward. And to move forward, you've got to look, you've got to basically push away the things of the past. Look at Hebrews 12.1. I wonder this morning... What kind of things of our past are hindering us and holding us back? Paul says this, Therefore we are also are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Every time you live in failure and mistakes and the things of your past, you know what you're doing? You're putting old clothes on and they entangle you. They trip you up from moving into the new things that God has for you. One of my favorite stories in the Gospels is blind Bartimaeus. I love blind Bartimaeus. I love that. And Jesus calls him 
forward. You know what the first thing he did was? The Bible says he threw off his cloak. Often when people begged, they had a special garment, which was a, which was a beggar's garment, which actually gave them, if you like, an official right to beg. And the first thing he did when Jesus called him forward was throw off his beggar's garment. You know what he was saying? I'm no longer going to live as someone blind. I'm not going to live according to my former life and my former nature. I'm throwing all that off to come into the new nature, to come into the new thing that God's got for my life. I don't know about you, but I think Angie's probably, of all of us in our family, she has a set of clothing for every occasion you could possibly think of of life. She has a clothes for gardening. A clothes, not that she has for bed, but she gets ready for bed. That right, Lydia? She, she, she has a set of clothing for every perceivable thing in life. You know, a set of clothing for that particular thing. And, and, and the thing is, the work, and it really reflects what she's doing. You know, in gardening, she's not going to put on a certain, you know, there's a certain set of clothing, but she's in the kitchen, whatever she's doing, there's a certain clothing that she wears for that particular occasion. <laughs> And there's a lot of occasions. <laughs> but here's the point. I think sometimes as we can wear things or have certain attitudes and certain things of life, certain lifestyles that actually don't belong to our new nature in Christ. Let me read you a great verse. and It's from the book of Colossians. And I'm going to read it from, I'm going to read it from the uh, ERV translation, which is the English revised version. I love what it says here. It says, But now, put these things out of your life. Anger, losing your temper, doing or saying things to hurt others, and saying shameful things. Don't lie to each other. Here's one he says, You have taken off these old clothes, the, po- the person you once were, and the bad things you did then. Now you are wearing a new life, a life that is new every day. Isn't that wonderful? He's saying, come on, put the new things on that reflect your new nature in Christ. Show that you belong to Christ by the the new life that you live. Put on the new clothes. Put on the the joy and the hope and the purpose and the the peace and the love. Put all that stuff on. Because that reflects the clothes of your new nature. And so what we need to say is, God, I'm... If I'm going to move forward, I'm going to cast off those things. What this year do you need to cast off? What is it this year which is part of your old nature that is hindering you and holding you? What do you need to cast off this year? And say, right, this year I'm casting off that because it's not part of my new nature and clothes. I'm taking that old clothes off and this year I'm casting that off now. Maybe it's an attitude or some disappointment or some bitterness. You're going to cast that off. So you can wear your new clothes in Christ. You say, Amen. Here's the next thing. Things to reach out. Verse 13. This is what Paul says. And this is an interesting phrase he uses in Philippians 3. I want you to get a hold of this phrase where he says here. Philippians 3. Verse 13. He says, I forget the things, so we cast off the things that lie behind us. Then he says, I reach towards. And that word reach actually means to stretch. 
I know this year I want to, I have to, I'm going to do a lot, of, I'm going to have to do a lot of stretching this year. And it, it means to stretch. It actually means to, to move behind your comfort zone, beyond your limits. I think this, the areas where we stretch, spiritually speaking, are the areas where you are going to grow. That's how you grow, when you stretch. Another great story in the Gospels is the story of the man with the withered hand. Remember that story? And that withered hand really is a picture of, of something that dried up, something that had shriveled up. His potential was limited and he was unable to be all that God called him to be. You think he was his right hand and everything, you think how limited his life was without being able to use your right hand. You think how limited life is when you can't use that right hand. And the Bible says he had a, a withered right hand. All the potential, all the, the stuff that was in his life to fulfill, he couldn't fulfill because inside there was a withering, there's a withering of his hand. You know what Jesus told him to do? He said, he says, stretch out. Stretch out your hand. I'm just wondering maybe sometimes that things have a habit of withering in us. Things can dry up in our lives. I think that man symbolised people who had turned inwards and they'd withered in life. To have a withered hand meant he lost power. He, He just had outward exteriors. He had no power. And maybe this coming year, maybe you've felt a a dryness maybe even, and a withering in your life. And Jesus says the answer to withering and dryness is to stretch out. Because one of the reasons that we can no longer grow or no longer and wither and dry in life, because often because we're no longer stretching, we can get to a place where we're comfortable where we are. And so no, we no longer stretch. We no longer do things that we've not done before. And I think to stretch can mean different things to different people. It may mean to start some new enterprise. It may mean to, to reach out to some people. It may mean to be a blessing to someone. It may mean to follow a dream. It may mean to spend more time with God. Do something you've never done before. Pray for the sick. Smile a lot more. Celebrate a lot more. Do something that is going to take you outside of your comfort zone. Truth is, when we've been Christians for a few years, we can get very easily comfortable things. Is that true? And the moment we get comfortable, that's where there's a withering. That's where we can stagnate. And so the answer is always to stretch. To constantly be stretching yourself doing things that take you outside of where you feel comfortable. This prophecy came, and let's put it this way. You, you, You think about this. In the finance world, the greater the risk, the greater the return. Isn't that true for using finance? But if you want a big return, often you have to take a greater risk. Is that true? So the greater the risk I take, often the greater the return you get. Someone gave this prophecy and it kind of struck me. This was the prophecy. And I thought, this is the most weirdest prophecy I've ever heard in my life. This was the prophecy. Let the children out of the car seat. (laughs) And I kind of thought about that. And what that prophecy was saying is that we're living in a world, really, and you ever thought about this, that that really we kind of enter the world that's a little bit sort of obsessed with 
safety. You know what I mean? Now, not that we shouldn't be, and I, how many are glad for car seats, children's car seats, they're amazing, but how many would say, in so many ways, it's going to get a little bit crazy. How many felt like that? Kind of, almost in our Western world that we are absolutely obsessed. And not that we shouldn't be, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying we shouldn't have a, be, be aware of safety, of course, all those things that do. But often, I think what has happened, if you like, physically speaking, often has happened spiritually. That people are so conscious of wanting to be safe and comfortable. I think what has happened has done is actually suppressed and it's quenched the Holy Spirit. I think it was John Wimber who said, you know how you spell faith? R-I-S-K. Ever read the book of Narnia? And the story there of Aslan. And the children say, is he dangerous? And they say, yes, he's dangerous. Although they say, is he safe? He says, no, he's not safe. He's dangerous, but he's good. And that's the same with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is dangerous. Because he always leads you into a place sometimes of risk. He'll take you outside your comfort zone. Have you found that? If the Holy Spirit's leading you or driving you, he'll always take you out of a zone where you don't feel comfortable in. He'll always take you beyond what you feel you can do in your own power and ability. That's how the Holy Spirit works. And sometimes the stretch means that, God, I'm willing this coming year to take risks, to do things I've never done before, to enter into realms I've never entered before. I'm willing to to, to do the things that, that take me beyond a comfortable zone. Remember this, no risks means no return. You can't get return on something you haven't invested in. The parable of the talents, for example, is a story about people who had certain talents and they were willing to use what they had with a risk to gain what God had for them. It was the man who wanted not to take the risk, who wanted to protect what he had, was the one who lost everything. Is that true? And so... God says, come on, take risks. The more you discover of how faithful God is, the more you're willing to step outside. Often our our unwillingness to take risks, our unwillingness to step out, is because often of a faulty concept of God. We wonder whether God will really turn up. Ever done that? You know, we wonder whether God will really do what he said he would do. But God says, if you would trust me, if you would see how faithful I am, and you would step out on my promises and my word, you will see amazing things take place. And I think this year, if your decision is to stretch, and when God puts a desire, puts some dreams, something in your heart to stretch forth, as you begin to do that, you're going to see God do amazing things in your life as you stretch, as you move out of where you feel familiar. I mean, familiarity is another thing where we feel familiar with something. But we step out and go beyond where we feel comfortable. And we're going to see God do amazing things. Stepping out on the promises and what God has told us to do. Maybe go and pray for the sick. It might be to do something you don't feel comfortable in doing. But you're willing to step out on that. You're going to grow. You're going to stretch. And you're going to see God do amazing things. Can you say amen? Here's the last thing. Let me close with this. Verse 14, he said, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of Christ 
Jesus. That means something to pursue. And that when he says, I press on there, it actually means to pursue, to follow hard after. In fact, the Greek word actually means to hunt. It's a hunting word. So people who like hunting, that's a great word, to hunt something. And he says, I'm actually hunting after God. I'm pursuing God. I'm in a race. And everyone's called to run a race. He says, we are called to pursue Jesus Christ. And the goal of every believer is to intimately pursue Jesus Christ. I'd encourage you, make 2017 the year that you are going to go after God more than any other time in your life. Because I think God's got some amazing things for us. If only we would pursue him. And to pursue him means that you spend time with him. You centre your life upon him. Centre your life upon his words. And you begin to experience the reality of his presence. I kind of felt for this year, for some of us, that we are going to experience heavenly realities that we've never experienced before. The heavenly realities. It won't just be nice promises or nice words, but we're going to encounter it. Some of us are going to experience heavenly realities. But we've got to be in this pursuit to pursue him. To be true disciples. I think that's a great word. Being a true disciple of Christ. Allowing our lives to look like those that are right there in scripture. Let me maybe close and this is a great word. It's a, it's a, it's a great book. But it's a quote by A.W. Tozer. I think one of the great books that you could ever read is by A.W. Tozer. It's called The Pursuit of God. A great book. It's a really amazing book. But listen to what he said. And I think he wrote this maybe 50 or so, 50, 60 years ago. This is what he said. So I want deliberately to encourage this mighty longing after God. The lack of it has brought us to our present lower state. The stiff and wooden quality about our religious lives is a result of our, of our lack of holy desire. Complacency is a deadly foe for all spiritual growth. Acute desire must be present or there will be no, manifest, no manifestation of Christ to his people. He waits to be wanted. Too bad that with many of us he waits so long so very long in vain. Isn't that powerful? A.W. Tozer. And so let's say, Lord, today, I'm going to put everything behind me. I'm going to stretch. And this year, I am going to pursue you with all that is within me. And if those three qualities are right there in your life, you know what's going to happen? This is going to be an amazing 2017. And I don't honestly believe that we don't know what governments are going to do. We don't know where all that's going to happen in the coming year. But often, we're not dependent on that. I only believe that. I think sometimes we think we're dependent on what happens in political spheres or what happens in this circumstance or that situation. Really, that is not the issue. I think the issue is this, that if we would put those three qualities in our lives, forgetting what lies behind, stretching forward, pursuing Christ, then you are going to have the most incredible 2017, regardless of what else takes place. For you, it's going to be a great, amazing year. Can you say amen? Because I think Paul, every year was an amazing year. 
He had opposition. He had all kinds of stuff. But he could look back. And every year was, was an amazing year. So I think every year he, he put that into place. Forgetting what lies behind. Stretching forward and pursuing Christ. Those are the focuses. The three things in life he did. And those are the three things that brought him amazing things in life. Now what we've got. I've got those. Karen very kindly did these things. And they're amazing. There's that verse, Philippians 3, right there. Forgetting those things what lie behind us. So we've got those there, and you can put them on your fridge. You can put them in your Bible. You can think on it, meditate on it throughout the week. So we're going to put them on the table. So please take those. It'd be great to put on your fridge and take them, or people you know might want one of those. So take those this coming year. And really focus on that verse. Make that a great year that you're going to make those three elements part of your life. And we could all stand right now in this moment, and I want to pray a blessing really on, on us this year we appreciate you being here this morning I know for been a sacrifice for, for us this morning but I just want to pray a blessing the blessing of the Lord over your life this morning if you want to do this because I, there's something about, I think there's, there's something powerful about blessing if we just sit as just a statement then you kind of lose it but I think there's something powerful about a blessing you know, every year, we've done it, I think I've done it every year. Every year, I pray over the girls, and, and I pray a blessing, a blessing on them every year. I pray a blessing over them. There's something powerful. Let me just say this for fathers. There's a powerful father of the blessing. I think something's released when the father's blessed. And so every year, we tend to pray over the girls, and now son-in-laws, and grandchildren, whoever else comes along. And so I want to pray a blessing over you today. So I just want you to maybe, to, if you want to receive that, or you don't have to do this, but if you feel comfortable doing that if you just want to just open your hands right there to receive a blessing of the Lord in the name of Jesus I bless you with all the promises of God which are yes and amen may the Holy Spirit make you healthy and strong in body, mind and spirit to move in faith and expectancy may the Lord, may God's angels be with you to protect you and keep you may you be blessed with spiritual strength May you behold the beauty of the things that God has planned for you as you obey his word. I bless your ears to hear the lovely, uplifting, encouraging, and to shut out the demanding and the negative. May your feet walk with holiness, and your steps may be ordered by the Lord. May your hands be tender, helping hands to those in need, hands that bless. May your heart be humble and receptive to one another, and the things of God, and and not to the world. May your mind be strong, disciplined, balanced, and faith-filled. May God's grace be upon your home, that it may be a sanctuary of rest and renewal, of haven of peace, where sounds of joy and laughter and grace is wars, where love and unconditional acceptance of one another is consistent. May God give you success and prosperity in your businesses and places of labor as you acknowledge and obey the imperative of scriptures concerning his blessing. May God give you spiritual strength, to overcome the evil one and avoid temptation. May God's grace be upon you to fulfill your dreams and visions. May goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your long life. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up your countenance upon you and give you peace. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads, information or to contact us, 
Please visit our website at alantaelan.co.uk.